Well, happy Easter. Great to have you guys here today. Great to be celebrating with you. And uh, it's exciting to be a part of this. You know, uh, this past week was a big deal. We had uh, actually our 19th wedding anniversary was on Tuesday for my wife and I. And uh, that's right. Yeah, you can at least applaud for Jana. She's dealt with me for 19 years, right? And, uh, and uh, you know what? It's exciting. My story that I want to start out with, we're on an adventure today, all right? And so let's just set the stage with an adventure that actually backs up the truck 20 years, all right? So before Jana and I were ever even married, and uh, we decided while we were dating that we were going to take her father for his 50th birthday, we were going to take him uh, skydiving. Yes, we did. And uh, willfully, he wanted to go. So we weren't just dragging him up there. So we were going to go skydiving. So we went to a place just north of here. And, and uh, we went out to do that. As we walked into the facility, uh, a man walked in to kind of take over. There were a group of 10 or 15 of us. And a man walked in, ponytail, uh, hair like three-quarters of the way down his back, smoking a cigarette, eking every last little bit of it that he could get out of it as he walked in, you know. Uh, pockmarked face, like adrenaline junkie dude. You know what I'm saying? And he walks in and he's like... You might die. <laughs> That's how he introduced himself to us. We're like, well, okay, John, it sounds like we should leave. And uh, so we were talking, joking around a little bit. He stepped out, gave everybody sheets of paper to sign your life away on. And uh, one of the things the sheet of paper said was, um, like, if you've taken any medications recently, then you should not be jumping. And I'm like, well, I had Advil two days ago. That probably counts. I probably... Shouldn't jump, right? And, and uh, so we talked through a little bit more. Everybody signed on the papers. We got ready to go. And the adrenaline junkie dude came back in and uh, began to teach us for the afternoon on the importance of the parachute. Kind of obvious, right? And uh, so he talked about the chute and how the chute works and when you pull the chute and, and how to get tied together on your, with your tandem. This was a tandem jump. Somebody who knew what they was do, were doing and we jumped with him. And uh, you're zipping up your suit and getting it on and, and uh, putting on a helmet. Because if you hit the ground at 120 miles an hour, at least you'll have a helmet on. I don't know. I don't know. So we're wearing the helmet. And uh, so we got everything understood as to how it all works. And we got in the airplane and uh, the plane starts cruising upward, and uh, we jumped from 13,500 feet, all right? So you jump out, and you fall at about 120 miles an hour, just kind of straight shot downward, and uh, at about 5,500 feet, you pull the chute, and it opens up, and then you coast to the ground gently and have enjoyed your ride, all right? And uh, so that's what it's supposed to go like. So we get up to the edge of the plane, and the person in front of us jumps, and I kid you not, they're like full-grown adult. They go, they jump out and goes into a little blip in no time. The plane's going 150 miles an hour and the people are dropping at 120. So about 300 miles an hour of separation. And it's like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. Right. And uh, so you see that process. And then we were told we're going to jump on the count of three. And, uh, but the problem is the plane door is open. And so as the wind is whistling in at whatever rate that's coming in and you're hearing the, the count sounds more like one, two, and three, and all of a sudden, and we're out of the plane and we're plummeting. And uh, you actually don't feel ground rush because you're up so high. 
And uh, so as you're falling, you're so far up, the ground is just kind of coming in. You see the little plots of farm territory and all that as you're coming down. And, and then he turned us into the, into the sunset. So I could see the sun setting into the clouds. I mean, it was an awesome experience. Great view. And, and as we're falling, now you're supposed to be checking your altimeter every couple seconds to see how fast you're falling and make sure you know where you are so that at 5,500, flash the 5.5, five, pull the ripcord, right? And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And oh, sunset, <laughs> right? Now I'm watching, this is awesome. And, and all of a sudden, whack on the head. Dude, look at your altimeter, right? He's hit me on the head to get me to check. I, I look and I go, oh, okay, well, got it, got it. And I get to 5.5, five, flash it, pull the ripcord. And it goes from absolute volume of noise as you're falling to dead silence. It's like, and that chute opens. Because now when the wind blows, you drift with it, right? And so there's no wind pushing on you at all. It goes to dead quiet. And the dude attached to me goes, wasn't that awesome? (laughs) And uh, so now you just drift down slowly to the ground. And as we hit the ground and very gentle landing, uh, got done and we're unzipping, taking our jumpsuits off and everything. And all of a sudden the legs just start shaking like crazy as the adrenaline fills into the body. And you're like, what have I done? Right. And uh, just an amazing ride. Uh, What's the point? The point was, hey, we were trained along the way and we had to trust. There were some people saying some things and we needed to trust in what they were saying. They were setting us up for some hope and some experience and we had to listen. And I'm telling you, the trip would not have been very good without the one thing you absolutely need, the shoot, right? Kind of an obvious point. And uh, that's exactly like what we're talking about today. We're going to be going through an adventure today. And I'm telling you, we need to trust and we need to hear and we need to listen. There's an experience that we can have that is unbelievable, but it is only Going to be a good ride with one thing, Jesus Christ, our unbelievable shoot in this life. All right? So that's what we're looking at. Turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 28, verses 1 through 10. Matthew 28. We got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. If you don't have a Bible, uh, just raise your hand. You're definitely going to want one, all right? We are going to be walking through this passage verse by verse. So Matthew 28, 1 through 10. If you need a Bible, just keep your hand raised. All right, love to hear the pages turning. So we are on an adventure today, and we're going to uh, experience this adventure just like the women in this passage did, all right? We're going to walk through it piece by piece, and we're going to end up in a spot of a total experience with our Savior. So the first step in the experience, he's alive. The empty tomb shows it. He's alive. The empty tomb shows it. It's the first part of the adventure for the women. So let's just read. It says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. All right, this is the first section of their adventure. And uh, so let's just open it up right at the beginning. It says, now after the Sabbath, uh, toward the dawn of the first day of the week. So the Sabbath, that's like the end of the Jewish calendar week, right? That's Saturday is their seventh day. And at the end of the Sabbath, the next day would be Sunday. 
right? It says, as dawn came, the first part of the dawn, so early Sunday morning, these women are getting up to go out to the tomb. And so early Sunday morning, and they're going to actually go out to, hey, that's like us with Easter, right? And that's the whole point. Early Sunday morning celebration of our King is risen. And uh, notice it says Mary Magdalene and the other Mary. And so there's a, a Mary here who's committed her life to Christ now and following with him after some uh, sin in her life. And she recognized the wrong and she's going after Jesus now. And, and then also a very close relative of Jesus, right? And so he's got the two Marys there. And, and the Marys, well, they're coming to go to, it says, the tomb. And uh, so let's make sure we get this understood, all right? Uh, going to the tomb, if we're not careful, we think of it in our context with everything we know about Christ. And we're like, that must have been fun, running to the tomb. But that's not what was going on, right? I mean, what was happening for them is they experienced Friday and Saturday and they had no idea what was next. And so Friday was Jesus Christ being taken and, and whipped and beaten and, and hit with a rod that was kind of flexible. It would tear the skin and open up the flesh and blood would just fill that line that opened up. And there were whip lines all over him. And then they'd take the um, cattails type and whip with that and multiple hits to the flesh and just wounding and opening up and bruising and swelling. And one of the tools they actually used had bone in it. And when it hit the skin, it would catch so that when they pulled back, it would actually tear flesh out. And by his stripes, we are healed. First Peter, our God is amazing in everything he's done. And he went to that cross. You know, scripture actually says he's unrecognizable. Beat that hard, whipped that much. Amazing what Christ did for us as he carried the weight of our sin on himself. And that's our God. What an awesome God we have. And, uh, you know, it said that he cried out towards the end of that crucifixion, it is finished. And as he cried it out, he was carrying at that moment the weight of the sin of the world upon him. And Jesus Christ carrying the load of all as he's holding on to the sin Himself is the punishment. Our God is an amazing God of gift and sacrifice. All I can say is this. Right after that, uh, the skies got clouded, darkened, earthquake rumbled in the place. The temple was fractured and the curtain torn from top to bottom as God was making a statement. This is my son and the payment has been made. And that's the experience that Mary had just gone through the Marys. And as they walked through that and experienced the difference between that day and Saturday that was just quiet, Sunday morning they got up to go to the tomb. That's where we are. It says, and behold. So hear me now. The word behold is a word that's like, check this out. Like, unbelievable. Or, whoa. Okay, those are phrases we need to be saying in our head and today we're going to be saying them out loud. All right. So for those of you who've been with us for a while, you know, I like to hear you talking at me. And so when we see the word behold, there's going to be a phrase that comes after it. Hang on. The behold says, check it out. And then what we see right after it, then I need to hear the whoa. All right. And so let's just practice. What's it sound like? All right. You got it going on. Get ready. 
And behold, there was a great earthquake. You're not kidding. Whoa. It rumbled the place. And this was like the aftershock. There was one on Friday. Now we're talking Sunday and a second earthquake rumbled. Notice it doesn't say, and there was a little bit of earth moving. It kind of shook. There was a great earthquake, right? It made things within the homes rattle. It made people take notice of what was going on. God was making statement. My son is risen. God Almighty is risen and alive. Notice it says there's a purpose for it. It says for right after it. You see that? That's a purpose statement. It says for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. Purpose statement. The angel is coming down and he's going to open up the tomb and he's going to make sure that it's now accessible. He's got a job to be a messenger, this angel. And as he's coming down, well, can you imagine being that angel? You're like, hey, I need one guy. Uh, you're going to have to go tell everyone that he's alive. That's your job. And it's just one guy. And, and he's like, and it's you. Can you imagine being that angel? He's like, yes, can I do anything cool? And they're like, earthquake, baby. Yeah, right. I'm bringing it on, right? And so he comes down and earthquake rumbles as the stone rolls away. And hear this, um, stone is not rolled away because Jesus needed it to be moved out of his way to get out. The stone is rolled away because humans needed to be able to see in. Jesus, glorified body, he can get out. He's out. And, and the clothing is going to be left alone there. And Jesus is gone. And the angel is saying, I'm here to tell y'all he's gone. He's risen. That's what's happening. What an amazing experience. And these ladies here have a privilege of being a part of it. In the story emphasizing the Marys. It says that he sat on the stone. Wouldn't you? You just did the whole rumble thing and you get the stone out of the way and you're like, that ought to do her. And you sit down and just hang on. All right, just a second. They're coming along. We're going to have some things to say. Notice his effect on those around him. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. This angel was brilliant, amazing to look at, huge and bright. Have you ever looked at something so bright that it starts to make your pupils just kind of crush down and, and you're looking away because it almost hurts your eyes and... That's what we're talking about. Like a bolt of lightning. Clothes so white it was like snow. The angel's pretty impressive. How impressive? Take a look at the next line. And uh, for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. They were standing where they were. Legs were shaking uncontrollably. Right? Talked a little bit about that just a second ago. And as their legs are going and their bodies going and they're Trembling where they are, they also almost can't take a breath. Like dead men, they're standing there going. Oh, did, but I, the stone. Oh, that's it, right? They got nothing. Remember, these are trained warriors. Stunned and shocked and in total fear. Never seen anything like this. Never seen authority like this. It says, for fear of him, the guards trembled. They didn't quite grasp what was going on, did they? 
messenger from God here to share the great news. And all they know is their job is being busted up. I was supposed to keep that tomb closed. And nobody getting in. And now I don't even know what that thing is. And it scares the snot out of me. And they're just sitting there trembling. And that's all they got, right? The first part of the journey is an amazing announcement of our king. And the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty. Amen? Amen. Worth celebrating. And uh, hey, just a real quick story to make sure we kind of put this in context. There was a guy named Bob. True story, actually. Guy could not see for 50 years. 50 years. But it turned out that they had come up with a surgery that could now address the problem he was having. And so the surgeon said to him, look, we can do this thing and, and it's got a 90% chance of bringing back your sight. Do you want to go after this? And of course, he decided yes. And so they went to do the surgery. After they got done with the surgery for uh, several days, he had to keep patches on his eyes. When he got done with that time period, they pulled the patches back and shafts of light shot through his eyes to the point where it almost gave him a headache and he had to look down. They had to keep lights dim. He had to kind of ease his way into the lighting. All he could see were brilliant colors and big blobs and objects around him. He had never seen anything. He hadn't seen a bed. He hadn't seen a table. He hadn't seen his friend's face. He hadn't seen his wife's face. He hadn't seen anything. And for the first time, his eyes were beginning to focus. In fact, it took weeks for those eyes to focus. Weeks. And uh, the doctor actually said to the wife, this is going to be the hardest time for him. He would stumble around in the hospital, still acting like a blind man, and putting his hands on things and, and walking around using his ears and his feel, not his eyes. And uh, tough. So... He said, I just want you to understand there's one thing he's going to have to do. He's going to have to die to being a blind man in order to live and being a seeing man. He's got to stop living the way he's been living. And he's got to start living in this new way. And uh, for us, as we hear about the tomb being empty, many of us need to stop living for ourselves. And start living for the king who has risen. It's time for me to no longer live like a dead man. But Lord, I want to live like one who's trusting in you as savior. Lord. The first part of this adventure. Was all about seeing an empty tomb. Wow. It built a little faith in him. The second part is going to build a little hope in him. Uh, The second part of the adventure. He's alive. The angel declared it. He's alive. The angel declared it. We have a God who's alive and we know it because of an empty tomb. We have a God who's alive. We know it because of messengers sent and recorded. Notice what it says here. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Right? Like we got trained soldiers over here and they're shaking in their boots. And uh, and he turns to the women. He's like, don't be afraid. Like It doesn't say it here, but I have a feeling it was something like, you be afraid. But you don't be afraid. You know what I mean? Somehow these men are still shaking, but they're not. And so he's brought some comfort to them in the midst as he shares with them. He says, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. Celebration statement, for he is risen. Amen? That's our king. Uh, 
I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. These women are standing here. They're looking at an angel. They're blown away by his brilliance. And he then says, don't be afraid. And then he tells them details about themselves. I know who you're searching for. Risen, baby, risen. And I'm telling you, amazing. He says, come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples. Come and see, go and tell. Uh, Can there be a better description for the Christian walk? Come and see, go and tell. Like, I want you to notice this. Take a look at the empty tomb. And do you see the clothing on the floor? And do you, is he gone? Yes. Go tell him. He's risen. The hope is given. Our king is alive. And all of God's people said, what a message to hear. And they were the first ones to hear it. Wow. It says, then go quickly. Uh, You think? I'm not sure he really had to put that word in there, did he? Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And here we go. Another word to behold here. So get ready after the next phrase. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. That's what I'm talking about. So not just empty tomb, not just angelic message, but you get to see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords alive and risen. And he's going to talk with you personally. Are you kidding me? What an adventure and a privilege. There you will see him. Then he says, see, I've told you. I got to tell you, I'm not really sure what that phrase exactly is. It appears that he's basically saying, uh, the end. Uh, That was my message. That's all, folks. Uh, Here endeth a lesson. I I think that's all he's trying to get the point across of is I'm telling you I had something to tell you. Empty tomb. Go tell. He is risen. And and so then they go in and they check it out. And they see what's happening. A huge moment in their eyes being opened. And so let's go back to our friend Bob who had the surgery. Uh, Several weeks later, Bob had learned to begin to use his eyes. He began to learn to see and identify things and figure out what was going on. And Bob was now amazed with what was happening. In fact, uh, this is what he wrote in his diary. He wrote, uh, I'm overwhelmed. I never would have dreamed that yellow is so yellow. I don't even have words. I'm amazed by yellow. Red, red's my favorite color. I just can't even believe red. It's so warm. It can be so bright. Wow. He says, I can, I can even see the shape of the moon now. And, and, and I like nothing better than seeing a jet plane fly, fly over and being able to see the vapor trail that it leaves. Never could see that before. Of course, the sun rises and sunsets. Absolutely gorgeous. And at night, I look at the stars in the sky and the flashing light. You could never know how wonderful everything is to see. Hey, that's just physical sight and blew him away. Imagine spiritual sight 
able to see Jesus Christ just as he is. All of his glory, all of his grandeur, everything about him, his awesomeness and and my smallness. And Lord, I'm blown away with you and I'm ready to see you just as you are. The next step of the adventure is being told you get to see the amazing king of the universe and you can grasp him as he is. Do you know your God? Have you seen your God? Spending time with him? Seeing him work in this world in ways you could ever have imagined? What an awesome journey we get to go on with him. Faithful? Yeah, faithful gets rewarded. Hopeful? Yeah, hopeful gets rewarded. Lord, I want to see you and be blown away by you. Adventure. Third step on the adventure. He's alive. The witnesses shared it. They had a job of going and telling. He's alive. The witnesses shared it. It says, so they departed quickly. How were they told to go? Quickly. Quickly. And how did they go? Dog gone straight, right? That's what he said to do. The big bright thing said go. And quickly. So I'm doing it. And so he's off to the races, right? So they departed quickly uh, from the tomb with fear and great joy. I got to tell you, I wrestled with this. Fear and joy. How does that work? How did that mix together? Why still the fear? Is this not, I mean, they got great hope of Jesus Christ alive and what's going on? And here's the best thing I can tell you. When you have a mountaintop experience, when you spend some time gripped by what might happen that could be devastating, by what's going on that's hurtful in the moment and real, when you have that fear gripping you, as you come through that, even when you haven't totally set it all down, the joy that takes that over becomes euphoric. You can't even explain as you begin to see God move and answer in the midst of your struggle and fear mixed with joy. It's like, I can't even, but maybe it could be true. And, but what if, but, but no, he said, and and it's going to be true. And fear mixed with joy. And as you walk through that, look, I don't know what that is for you and what you might be going through even today. But I'm telling you, as you go through those hard things in life, know this, those moments of fear, those moments that wake you up to the smallness of us and the hugeness of our God and our need for him. Get ready because the backside of that recognition is an unbelievable joy as we spend time with him. I'm just telling you from personal experience, these last five weeks have absolutely rocked our family, me specifically, and the fear and the joy has just come rushing together as we spend time getting to know him and be blown away by him and how he answers prayer. My prayer for you is that you tackle whatever God's giving you. Ready? With fear and joy replacing it every time, every time you get to know him better. Fear and joy. Go after it with all you've got. Notice he says here, they went with fear and joy. And they ran to tell the disciples. They ran to tell the disciples. You know, they're moving out, man. Right? It's not like they were walking along and they were like, well, that was interesting. He was very bright to me. Was he bright to you? What color of white did you think that was? 
Was it more like snow to you? Or was it a little off call? Right? I think I might get my nails done next week. Do you want to come with? Is that the conversation they're having as they chit chat? Are you kidding me? They had one thing in mind. Who are we going to first? And we got some things to tell. And, and he's alive. And the tomb is empty. And our God is risen. And let's tell them soon. We got to rally the troops, man. And they're moving out to tell. It God moves in us. And he racks us. So that we can become a testimony to those around us and tell them just what God's doing. Maybe it's small in your life. Maybe it's huge in your life. But share what God's doing. And, and be willing to invite in. And I mean, we did some invite cards just for this Easter service. And, and so some of you praying about who to share with and handing some invites out to people you know. Maybe people you just met. And some of you might be here because you got one of those invites. I'm telling you this. Our job is not to just try to draw people. Our job is to be blown away with our God in fear and joy. And as that joy just begins to overwhelm us, it spills to the streets and we just spread the good news that God might be glorified. Hear me on this. I do not care what happens in the size of this church, but I want worshipers for my king. Amen. Worshipers for our God with all we've got. That's what we're talking about. And Lord, help me to tackle whatever's going on. And Lord, may the fear begin to subside as the joy raises up and may you be glorified as I tell anyone around me how great you are. Witnesses. The example in this story, awesome. Because the example is simple. Tomb is empty. The angels have declared it. And the witnesses are saying it. He's alive. Our God is risen. And he reigns for all eternity. And all of God's people said... Absolutely. That's what we're talking about. The fourth one, very simple, fourth part of the step. He's alive. You can experience him in all of his power and glory. He's alive. You can experience him in all of his power and glory. Get ready. We got another behold here. Ready? And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. Yeah. Jesus met him and said hello. So let's just talk about this word greetings for a minute. This is in the Greek. It's a word that basically means a grace and joy to you. Uh, Most of your translations have an exclamation point on it. Like, this is awesome. Great to see you and joy to you. Uh, It was a very typical welcome. All right. It was a very common welcome for that day. It was colloquial. It was regular. It was normal. It was walking like walking around today and going, hey, how's it going? Good to see ya. That's what it was like. Like, wow, how, how long has it been? Awesome. Great to see you. And right. Or, or maybe in a little bit of the vernacular of the street or like, like, what up dog? Like, whatever. <laughs> However you talk, <laughs> what's your regular talk to say hello. Right. And that's what it was. That's what this was. And we read it and we're like greetings and we're like, this Jesus like an, like greetings earthling. <laughs> right. That's not what's going on. This is colloquial, it's casual, it's regular, it's warm, it's welcoming. Jesus is saying, ladies, it's been a couple days, how are you? And it's an awesome welcome as Jesus recognizes them and brings them in. It says, and they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. They came up. And took hold of his feet. Remember, we can't lose sight of where we are. These ladies have been devastated with the sacrifice made. Horrified with the whipping taken. 
shocked by the crucifixion. And he's gone. And he just stood before them and said, ladies, how are you? Their king and their God. And they ran to him and they didn't just stand and talk to him. Oh, so great to see you. What's happened in the last few days? On their knees, down and grabbing onto him and clinging and weeping as they recognize you're alive. Like God is alive. Messiah, Savior, Redeemer, King. And they worshiped him. Worship. It's a huge deal. It requires all of us going on fire for him. I'm going to say a few more words about it in just a second, but notice what he says. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me too. It's time to get the word out. I'm risen. It's time to get the word out. It's going to be different now. We are going to unleash upon this place. And Jesus Christ said a little bit later, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He's got plans unbelievable for thousands upon thousands in moments at a time to trust him as savior, our king, calling them to salvation and belief in him. Hope that he is our God almighty. So let's just talk about this worship for a minute that we're supposed to bring to him. A couple statements. Number one, worship has to have purpose. Purpose. Like your will, Lord, not mine. Your glory, Lord, not mine. That's what worship looks like. We don't come to him and say, okay, God, here's what I want. And here's my demand list. And I expect you to give it. And if you don't, then I don't believe you're God. As if we're holding him hostage to something. You're the God of the universe. May I worship you with all I have. You are in charge. And Lord, I want to hear from you. And I want to hand it all over to you. All too often we get distracted with our own things in life. And we just shut them down. Purpose. Second, posture. A true worship has posture. They were on their knees and they were clinging to his feet. And their tears were falling on his feet. And they were passionate about their king. And worship, it has posture. What do you guys raise your hands around here for all the time? What's that all about? And, and uh, so bottom line, like, Lord, it's all you. And I'm just handing it over to you. And I'm saying, you're so worth it. And, and you're in charge, God. That's why we're raising our hands. And, and, and so you'll see people going, you, Lord, and not, nothing else. It, it's time to shut out around you what's going on. God, may you be glorified. And some of you, you may have just come from traditional churches in the background in your past somewhere, and, and you're wrestling with that. And uh, I feel your pain. I came from a traditional church too, so the first couple years of my worship with my hands up was kind of like this. What's up? You mean the world to me, Lord. And, uh, and then a little bit more like this, you know what I'm saying? Kind of, Lord, I hear you, I see you. Uh, and now I'm just blown away by him and I'm brought to tears by him. How he cares for us in our little moments. And some things he answers yes and some things he answers no. But always he is our great God. Amen? And man, he deserves our everything. And let your worship posture show it. 
as you spend time with alone, a little trick, when you're worshiping your king in private, do not have head talk with him where you're just whispering it in your head, where you're like, you're Jesus, just in your head. You're good. Because here's what goes on. God, you're good. Did I remember to get my sack lunch for work? That's what's going to happen. Your brain just drifts because everything's equal. Start moving your lips. Heavenly Father, I worship you. And Lord, I'm celebrating you. And God, I want nothing to distract me now. May you get my lip service, my worship service, my heart service. You've got me. I think you're awesome. In your mighty name, I pray. Amen. And that's empower worship. No distraction. Posture showing it. Lips moving. God glorified. That's what these ladies were doing. Bringing the worship with all they've got. You know, uh, the last one is position. You can't really worship him if you don't have the right position. What do I mean by that? I mean child of his. I mean trusting him as your savior and understanding what that means. I just want to take a minute or two right now to make sure we make that clear, all right? What does it mean to trust him as savior? And so here's what we mean. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. How many have sinned? Yeah, for all have sinned. And right, what's sin mean? It means to, like archery term, just pulling back, aiming for that bullseye, miss the bullseye, miss the outer mark, miss the whole doggone thing, hit the turf in front. In fact, in honor of March Madness, when you do that with basketball, it's called an air ball. We've all just shot an air ball. And we missed the mark completely. God's glory trounced on. We trample on him as we say, it will be about me, not about you. Trampling on his glory. That's where all of us stand. Every single person in the same boat. Romans 6.23 says, there's a penalty for that. His wrath displayed, it says, for the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from him. Every human being in the exact same boat. God's glory trounced on. He's got a two-part fix. The beauty is, The one that's just says eternal separation from him. The one that's merciful says, come to me and I will put the price that you owe on my son, Jesus Christ and God, the son taking on our penalty for us. Are you kidding me? Every whipping he took, every beating he took for what I owe. God, please forgive me and replace what I owe mercy. That's what salvation looks like. And we just say it this way to summarize here at Harvest. It's not easy, but it's as simple as A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you've trounced on his glory. Just all of us have, just admit that's where you are. That's the first step. A, Lord, I'm sorry. I have stepped on you and your perfection. Please forgive me. And then B, believe that he is raised from the dead, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Notice it does not say, believe that he's God. Yes, that. Uh, It doesn't say, believe that he's God and that he died on the cross for our sins. Yes, that. But even more, that he rose again from the dead. Our God is alive, Amen? amen? Believe. Hear me though. Satan believes those same things. That every human being is a sinner and that Jesus died on the cross and can replace that payment. That does not save. See. Confess him as your Lord. Saved. 
Please forgive me and use your shed blood. Replace what I owe. You're alive, God, and I want to worship you with all I have. Please forgive me that I've made it about me. No more. It's all about you. I confess you as my God. Whatever you want done, I'm going with you. Wherever you want me to go, your will. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Amen. That's what it looks like to be in right position with him. Father, I trust you. Jesus Christ, I thank you. Please use your shed blood and replace what I owe. I'm your child. So here's what we're going to do this morning. I just want to take a moment right now where we get this worship right with him. All right? So let's just have everybody bow your heads, close your eyes right where you are. We're going to have a worship team coming up. Ignore that. This is a time between us and God. My request to you is this. Have you trusted in him as your savior? Listen right now. Have you committed to him? In this moment, I'm asking one question. Is he your God or just you treat him as something out there, but you're dismissing him? Right now is time to make him your Lord. And so if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, here's my request. Please start praying with all you've got. Please be praying that the Holy Spirit move in this place and that he has his way with us. And if you have not trusted Christ as your Savior before, you don't even, you're like, I don't even know what that means, Tim. Today's the day to put the stake in the ground. To just say, now, Lord. And so just pray a prayer like this after me. It's not a prayer that saves and there's no magic words in it. It's just letting him know you're in. I mean all in. And so just pray something like this and let him know. Right where you are, quietly where you're at. Just follow me. Dear Heavenly Father. You are awesome and glorious. Lord, I just pray now that you could forgive me. I have wronged you. I've gone my own way and done my own thing, and it's been all about me and my pleasure. Please forgive me now for my sin. And Lord, I ask you... Please take your death on the cross, what you did so mercifully and graciously, and please apply that to what I owe, that you might get the greater glory. Lord, I long for you to be worshipped in my heart right now. Forgive me. Use your shed blood to do it. You're my king and my God. I call you my Lord right now. In your mighty name, I pray these things. Amen. Just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed now, okay? Sincere question at this point. Hey, did you just commit to Christ this morning? Maybe you were invited by a friend and this is the first time you're wrestling with it right here, right now. Now's the time. I would love to pray for you if that's what's just happened. So here's my request, just right where you're at. If you prayed that prayer, if you committed to him today, you just let me know, just raise your hand that I can pray for you right where you are. And I'll pray that God might be glorified. All right? Just let me know where you're at. And I'll pray.
processing through. moving in this place right now just keep praying Lord may you be worshipped may you be worshipped if you're committing to him today and you're just like please pray for me just let me know raise your hand you want to go on too fast awesome day to put a spike in the ground you know Easter Sunday 2013 Lord I'm ready to worship you who've raised their hand and let me pray for all of us as well as we worship Father God we lift your name on high Lord we thank you that you are so merciful that you offer us salvation so rich and free Lord we pray for those names and who have just now committed their lives to you who have said yes I'm in and, and he's my God and I'm worshiping him now Lord I pray that with each one of them you'd give them clarity that you'd give them patience and that you'd give them faith, that you'd give them a peace like never before. Lord, may they learn to run with you and find passion in your word, but worship in this place right here, Lord, that you might be glorified. And Jesus, we're in awe that you went to the cross for us and you've taken a beating that no one should have had to take like you perfection and yet you took what you did not owe death on the cross and then you rose again from the dead and we raise up praise now that you are ascended into heaven god almighty king of kings and lord of lords to be worshiped in this place to be worshiped in this world lord may you get the glory we are in awe of who you are and we're on an adventure to worship you lord in your mighty name i pray these things and all of god's people said Amen. Amen.